Brian Brown, defensive coordinator. That ball is picked off down the sideline. Touchdown for Trey Clark. absolutely love moments like that, especially with the hardship little football program has been through the past four or five years. But welcome, everyone, to another episode of Conversation with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. And let me tell you, what a time alive to be a little football fan. Swig of Dizani water for the working man. Small bottle. Sorry, y'all. So anyway, so let's talk about, we're going to talk about Louisville sports today. We're going to talk about Louisville's men's and men's basketball and the football today, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about my Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know what, we're just going to leave the Steelers alone. They're going to a bye week. I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to address them next week. I want to talk all Louisville here. This is going to be all Louisville podcast because I had a hellacious time last night on Twitter. If anybody knows me, follow me at Shelba0310 on Twitter. So let's talk about this little football program. So obviously everybody knows we had a top 10 matchup in the country this past Saturday. We were going one-on-one with Wake Forest. Wake Forest has had our number lately. We went down there last year. We should have got a win against Wake Forest. And uh, actually, the only signature Satterfield win Coach Satterfield's had at Louisville was when he beat Wake Forest his first year down there. I came in there 
thinking after the, the last week when they, we beat Pitt, I thought to myself, I, I called my dad and I told dad, I said, we're going to beat Wake Forest. And dad said, it's going to be tough, man. You know, they got a hell of an offense. Hartman's basically going to be a first-round pick as a quarterback. And, and listen, when my dad speaks about Louisville sports, nobody else matters because dad has been a Louisville fan for 40 years, and he's the reason why I am the way I am today. And, you know, I went down there and uh, took my stepson to his first football game, so this was really special to me. We went down there, and it was a blackout, so I had a good feeling. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, maybe we can, you know, we can get some stops. Maybe we can generate some points, you know, because I knew this defense had to play well. And I also knew Malik couldn't turn the ball over. The offense had to be efficient. And I knew the first drive when we got stops and we had our first drive. We kept the first two drives. We got two field goals. I knew we should have got seven points. I knew we were ready to play, man. Um, I will say this, though. I want to say this about the ACC real quick. ACC, can we do a favor? Can you get better officiating, please? Because that cut that the, the touchdown grab that Clark gave up in the corner of the end zone, that was a drop. We all know that. It seemed like the, the officiating the officiating was screwing us. And I never thought I'd say that. But I knew when that when, as you heard those highlights I just played, that clip I just played from YouTube, I knew when Clark got that interception, I knew I said we just swung momentum. We get another stop, we're gonna win this game. Our running game is top-notch. I felt like – I feel like Louisville football is getting healthy for the very first time. They're getting healthy, and I'm very, very happy right now. And I will say this. I'm going to play Satterfield's press conference here in a minute as a well, guys. Play that for you guys who didn't listen to it. But I also think that we're um, – Louisville football is going in the right direction. we got a hell of a recruiting class coming in. we got a top 15 recruiting class in the country coming in next year or whatever. And I will say this. I've been really hard on Satterfield. I've been very hard on them, and I will say this. They're going to beat James Madison next week. They're going to be 6-3. Everything holds up, but I'm counting on a victory. If they go to Death Valley and beat Clemson, and they go 7-3, and three, I mean this. You better, Josh Hurd, you better get that extension to Scott Satterfield right now. He needs it. Give the man a chance. Because let me tell you something. They went eight and I believe they went eight and five his first year. They won a bowl game. Next year, COVID, you know, they didn't really play well. You know, all right. Last year, they went six and seven. You know, they lost some guys. The transfer portal, they had a lot. The team was uh, didn't have a lot of depth. There was a lot of issues. But I will tell you this. After the Syracuse game earlier this year, I thought to myself, I said, man, they, they ain't going to give this guy a chance. Then they beat UCF on, on a, I think it was a Thursday or Friday night. I had I watched the first half where I went to work. I can't remember. And then I went down there for the Florida State game. I was down there with my dad, and I was pissed because we should we, we gave that game away. We gave the Florida State game away, you know, and I thought there ain't no way in hell, man. And then they beat, they beat South Florida. Then the debacle at Boston College, oh, my God. As I take my glasses off, I rub my eyes. I thought, man, come on, guys. And then when I saw Satterfield's press conference about how he was going to give Lance Taylor more options in the uh, with the play calling, which I was saying he needed to. And then he, he said, you know, he talked about, you know, Brown's defensive coordinator. He said, I'm going to take more looks in the special teams and, you know, defensive coordinator. And a reporter asked, well, Scott, why are you doing this? And he goes, plain simple, tired of losing. I tell you, I could tell Scott was fed up. He was pissed off, and he knew his job depended. He knew, he knew his job. Unfortunately, he knew his job depended on it. And I'm just very, very, very happy.
happy with the results. I the after the first quarter against um, <coughs> Virginia, this team's been on the money. They've been on the money since that since Scott's taken been more hands on with things. Um, I will state that I felt after they beat Pitt, I felt I said this is the right Louisville homecoming weekend when they beat Pitt, and I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot, y'all, because man, I would kill to have been down there because I was down there Friday night for the uh, Louisville Live, which I had a great time, and then I then I went down there Sunday for the scrimmage. We're talking about basketball here in a minute as well. Keep that in mind. And I kept thinking, you know, they got the, all the momentum in the world, man. They got all the momentum in the world right now. They can beat Wake Forest. And we got we're getting healthy at the right time, guys. With the guys we got, we got three that we got a three man running back duo in the backfield that I love. And when Malik plays like he did on Saturday, let me let me explain this. Let me talk about Malik Cunningham because I'm gonna praise Malik Cunningham here. I'm not a big anti Malik guy. I've been frustrated with him. But let me tell you something about Malik Cunningham. Can we stop comparing this guy to Lamar Jackson, please? The guy had to follow Lamar. Let's be honest. Ain't nobody big enough to fill them shoes, man. And y'all want to see, you guys rag him like, well, he's incomplete on throws. He's in on this. He's in on that. He did it. He tried to Look, man, some of these games we wouldn't be in if it wasn't for Malik. Malik last year won us four games on his own. And finally, he's got a defense around that's healthy and they can get pressure and can create turnovers, turnovers for him. He's got guys like that. And He's got three guys that he can hand the ball to that can run the ball that he ain't got to depend. He ain't got to do so much. Put the ball in his hands. And you realize too, I will say we lost Tyler Harrell. Tyler Harrell. We don't have a deep ball receiver at all, really. So really, you take that out of question. That's hard for a quarterback to move the ball around the field when you ain't got a deep ball receiver. You don't. And Braden Smith ain't been the same since he's been back from his injury. Dad pointed at me out to me the other day, and I agreed. But Marshawn Ford doesn't get enough catches, um, touches like I thought he should. But I like Hudson, man. I think Hudson's a beat. I think Hudson's a great possession receiver, with uh, a possession down receiver, and I think he's really good at getting yards of the catch. Higgins Bruce has been in and out of line because of his injuries, but he showed flashes yet on Saturday. They got a nice group of receivers around Malik, and I I believe that they just don't have a deep ball threat. So they gotta run the ball, and they gotta have Malik get outside the pocket and, and create movement and shit. So you guys need to realize that. Also, offensive line's done a really good job of protecting Malik. He only had he got one sack. But overall, guys, a satisfying win for Louisville football. You know, as Satterfield said before, you snooze, you lose, baby. Um, I think Satterfield deserves an extension. They need to give this guy an extension right now. Plenty of some guys, you can't trade these guys in and out three or four years. You can't do that. You got to give them six years. Give him six years. He's, he's on year four now. Give him five and six. He deserves a, he deserves a chance. Because they they have enough momentum right now to go finish the year nine and three or like I think they will eight and four. Because they're going to beat. Because we're going to talk about a certain team down there in Lexington. Hey guys, real quick, let's let's let's, let's stop watching. Let's talk about this. Is everybody back to normal down there, y'all? This college football playoff talk and Will Levis is a number one pick in the NFL draft and he's going to be a Heisman candidate and all this other shit. Is that back to reality? Back to reality, right? Just want to check. Go balls. Good job on Saturday, by the way. Just want to point that out there, right there. Back to reality. Can't wait for can't th- wait for Thanksgiving weekend when we kick their ass. Because Louisville's gonna beat Kentucky, and I'm gonna tell you why. Their offensive line can, can't protect old William. 
because Old Williams gonna find out real quick because that 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 offense that defensive line pressure is gonna be coming at him full force and they're gonna whoop their ass, plain and simple. And they got one running back, Rodriguez. We got three guys we can throw in there and make plays. Sorry, just saying. But Louisville's got enough momentum, and it looks like we're gonna be. I think we're gonna play in a big. Bowl, we're gonna play in a good bowl game this year. I, you know, that means good for the, the school, the university on money lines to get back in the promised spot. That's like we got. It's, and I will state this for the final time about Scott Satterfield. Scott Satterfield has put this recruiting class together. He has deserved the right. Deserved the right to coach this recruiting class. Plain and simple. And another thing, all you Jeff Brom supporters out there, we can go out there and get better than Jeff Brom if Satterfield doesn't want to be here and doesn't get an extension and he wants to go to the state. Because Jeff Brom, oh, he's done a little bit up at West Lafayette. Well, bro, he's done what he's done with Purdue. Yeah, well, you know what? We can do better than that. And they ain't going to go to Jeff Brom route. They won't go to Jeff Brom. They won't. University won't. And that bring home Brom guy on Twitter – Hey, buddy, fuck you. That's all I got to say about that. Now, let's. Now, now I'm going to go ahead and play Scott uh, Sarah. I'm going to play Coach Satterfield's press conference real quick for you guys. Let me look that up real quick. You know, I want to hear what he's got to say. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. So, you know, as I'm looking on my YouTube page, and why I love what Brian Brown said after the game goes, hey, y'all got to hurry up and we'll go party because <laughs> ain't nothing like a cardinal party. <coughs> Apologies, y'all. Just went over this cold, but yeah, man, just very, very happy with Louisville right now, man. Very, very ecstatic with what that performance is. All right, here's Coach Sarahfield's press conference after the game. Um, you know, that, that's the name. 
but I think they played really good on offense too. Um, you know, we moved the ball and um, did what we needed to do early, and then you know, then the defense kind of just took over. But um, it was again another whole team effort. Um, you got to have a team effort to beat a team like that. You know, the way we did. Um, you know, and then just really proud of our guys. Um, you know, we want to continue to get better as a football team. We we know everybody's talking about this back half and schedule. We know it's tough, and you know, we know what, what's in store for us. So we'll celebrate this tonight. And, you know, we have to. Obviously, it's hard to win. It's hard to win football games. Um, so celebrate this, but tomorrow we'll get on Jay. Um, they had a week off last week, so you know, we're excited to get ready to get, for that, get ready for them. Given all the adversity that you did go through, how did that Gatorade bath feel for you? You know, uh, it was awesome to be getting a Gatorade bath because that means we're doing something good. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, but I really didn't want it. Um, you know, I, 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 well, not because it's cold. <laughs> but, uh, we, I just expect our guys to go out and play well and, and to go out and play like we did. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's a great win, a number 10 team in the country. But for me, it was like, we, I expected our guys to go do that. Um, so, so that's going to do anything uh, that we wouldn't normally do. In my mind, that's kind of the way I was feeling. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm so happy for our guys. You know, if they felt like they need to give me a bad, that's, I'll take it. You know, but, uh, but they, did a, they did a tremendous job, so let's, let's, let's celebrate it. Scott, Brian Brown said that when you guys were at half, he had seen a game where you had six interceptions in one game, but hadn't seen anything like what we saw tonight. Have you seen anything like that explosion in the third quarter? Yeah, I remember that game. It was against Louisiana Road. Uh, both corners had three of these. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit like Quincy Rowley and his uh, trail card today. But, um, no, I, I've never seen anything like that. It was like, uh, you know, they, they just kind of rolled defensively, um, and, and just kept getting it. It's like we almost expected. As a matter of fact, when they had the punt, you know, in the fourth quarter, I, I, I felt weird. I mean, what's this? We, we, we supposed to have the ball all the way up here. I mean, it was that kind of deal. We just, we just kept getting the ball back over here, you know? And, and you know, and, and it was kind of lopsided time of possession in place because of because the defense just having to keep going back out there. In the first half, that was a positive three offense. We kept the ball. You know, our best defense in the first quarter was keeping them on the sideline. I thought that really helped us so they couldn't get in their rhythm.
Coach, would you discuss uh, just kind of how this team has bounced back? You're two and three. You're, you lose your quarterback. You're heading into the tougher part of the schedule, and, and these last, this last three weeks, last last month, has really been uh, yeah. a nice turnaround. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we were very close in those games. We were very disappointed. We lost. I mean, Florida State, we lost by four. I mean, Boston College lost by one. I mean, you know, you're sitting right in those games. We, we didn't make enough plays. Um, you know, and defensively, we gave up two big, big plays. You know, and that's what we've done a great job the last three weeks. Um, and that's been the difference. I mean, I, I really believe that's been the difference, not giving up those, those big plays that they go for six. Um, you know, and I think we take each game one game at a time. We can't look at, you know, if we're sitting here at six and one. We can't look at that as being, oh, we, we've arrived. We won six games. You know, it doesn't matter what our record is. When you when this week comes around, this is all we're focused on. If we're two and three, or we'd have, we'd have been five and up, we still would have had to focus on that next opponent. In this world we live in, you're only as good as your last game. You got you got to focus everything you have on that one opponent. And, and I know it's cliche and everything, but it's one game at a time, 100. percent Don't focus on that. Now, what you do in that game obviously determines whether you win it or not. And we've been playing really, really good football, complimentary football, last the last three weeks. Last two. Actually, yeah, first where does this kind of win, knowing what, you know, we've mm-hmm. kind of right through the year? Yeah. And then also this comment on Kuchel's part. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a huge win. I mean, you know, I mean, they're number 10 team in the country. I mean, they're, that's a huge win. And, um, you know, I turned on um, ACC Network last last week after a big win against Pitt, and all I saw was Clemson and Wake Forest on there. That's all I talked about. You know, so so we're trying to gain some respect in the league. And the way you gain respect is go win. With Kroger Delivery, you can enjoy holiday specials delivered to your door. Kroger special. Oh, good lord. He turned his damn ads down. His damn ads. YouTuber, you cheap bastards. I hope so. We'll see. But, uh, you know, Terrell Clark, um, probably would have played a really nice game. And I, I really all those DBs because that is a tough draw to be able to have to cover that. those receivers. What they've been able to do this year, incredible. Um, and they still got a few plays on us, but, but those guys hung in there, battled all night. And for those corners to be able to step in front of there, um, you know, Clark and, and Quincy Riley got two tonight. Um, tremendous job by those guys. Um, you know, but, but it all starts up front. But that push that we're getting on those quarterbacks. And so that, that's why I really think it's a total team effort, not really just a team like one guy. I was kind of want to rewind to the second quarter and halftime. Mm-hmm. The second quarter had questionable mm-hmm. stuff happening, a touchdown that mm-hmm. may or may not have been confirmed, really. Yeah. Um, and you, it looked like you walked off at halftime with the officials talking about that. What was the message to your team after that second quarter experience before coming out? And this yeah, game? well, I was just frustrated. You know, I was frustrated at some of the things, the way they went. You know, they. You know, Hartman fumbled. They called it our ball, but then they come back and say, "Well, no, it's Ford Fighters and stuff." Exactly. So let's, let's let's just review that. That's why we have the cameras, which we they did. You know, and then now we're now we're rolling. You know, we, we lost, and they went down and scored on that particular drive on that <laughs> on the one in the end zone that you're talking about. Um, so I was frustrated, you know, with, with what was going on in the game. But but I told our kids at halftime we got them right where we wanted. Uh, we were fired up. You know, I felt like we, the score didn't. Wasn't indicative of what it should have been. Felt like we should have had to leave. Um, so we felt really good about it at halftime. Um, and, and we were so close to creating some turnovers. 
I just felt like in the third quarter we were having an opportunity to start creating turnovers, and um, and we did. You know, we just it just started to happen. So, um, but our guys were fired up at halftime to be able to get back out in the second half to finish the game. Thanks, Ryan. Coach, coach, to see the fans storm the field. How does that feel? Oh, it's awesome. I love it, man. Um, it, it's great, you know. Um, when, you know, the fans that were here today, we talked about this on Tuesday. I was like, man, you guys just hanging out, you know, in, in the bill on Saturday. Come, come check this game out. It's going to be a good one. Um, and for the ones that were here, that was tremendous. They got to see a great game. That was fun. The, the crowd is into it. They're fired up. We're getting these pick sixes, and everybody's going crazy. And you know, then that crazy song comes on the fourth quarter, and they're all everybody's just <laughs> on You know, I love it. It's awesome. And uh, and then for everybody to storm the field like that, I mean, that that's college football at its best. Um, I love that. Um, you know, because they're, they're gonna remember that. Man, hey, when I was there, you know, we beat number ten late, we stormed the field, whatever. You know, and so that, that's awesome. These are memories you guys will, will never will, you know, never forget for the rest of their lives. So uh, so it's tremendous, and I'm happy for our fans. Happy for you know, city of Louisville to be able to experience that. All right, all right, thanks, guys. Plain and simple, guys. He spoke every word I thought he was. Sorry, apologize for the the ads on that, but I definitely agree with Co- uh, Coach Satterfield on that. I definitely agree on that. And by the way, it's a damn shame y'all couldn't get you, to the little fans down there. It's a damn shame y'all couldn't get your asses in that damn stadium. Well, the product on the field. Look, man, if you can cheer for them at their good times, you can cheer for them at their dark times. Plain and simple, get off your asses, get down there. I drive 120, 130 miles all the time to come see these boys play. Y'all get on my damn nerves, man, with that shit. Spoiled ass, rotten. Y'all act like you ain't never been through adversity in your life, and it really shows. Get off your asses and get down there. Y'all better be, because I ain't going to be able to go next Saturday because I work. Y'all better be, there better be 40 to 50,000 people in that damn stadium next weekend. I'll give y'all a pass. You better get to at least 40 or 50. If not, I'm coming for y'all. This is bullshit. You got a football team that's 5-3, and three, got a lot of momentum, could be 6-3 and three, going to Death Valley, and could be <coughs> ranked in the top 25 at that time. Y'all, like, seriously, y'all, they need you. Fans need you. And I'm going to get on some fan. I'm going to get on some little fans here in a little bit, too. And y'all know where I'm going with it. You can follow me on Twitter. So, another football. Let's talk about, let's talk about Louisville basketball. Louisville basketball obviously had a scrimmage yesterday against Laura Ryan, a uh, Division II school, coached by um, Everett Sullivan, former uh, great Louisville Cardinal. And Louisville didn't show up, laid an egg, and got their ass kicked. Now, I'm going to play Coach Payne's press conference here in a little bit. I'm going to play his whole press conference, but I'm going to run this down real quick. And I want little fan, fans to hear me on this. I predicted after I went to the scrimmage, I made a prediction that said this little team can can win 20 to 25 games in the NCAA tournament. As a little fan, I know my expectations are final, the regional finals, the final fours. I know. But I've tempered it because of what, what we have in front of us. I believe in this staff. I believe in Coach Payne. I believe in every single player that puts on that uniform on this team. They, it's going to take time to gel, but when this team gels at the right time, they're going to be a problem. They are long. They are athletic. They have good size. The guard play, I understand. But, pin, but, but guys, Kenny Payne played in an era with positionless, positionless basketball. He's seen what Coach Crum did. He wants to bring a philosophy back to Louisville. Y'all don't understand that. Yes, I understand we need another guard. I understand that. But but the, but people out there that like the Rashawn Myers of the world who have constantly been on Payne's ass since the day he's got the job. Hi, Rashawn. I'm not a big fan of you, by the way. I know you'll never listen to this, and I, and I don't care if you do or not, but Rashawn, global media like you is exactly what fans were talking about last night. 
all you do is rag and rag and rag and rag on Kenny. In Louisville Live, when uh, Johnson, that kid out of California, couldn't come to our visit because his mother had COVID, you made a big deal about that. I'm sorry, I take I take pride in the fact that the kid's mother had COVID and he was concerned that he didn't want to get he didn't want to make sure he was sick and then want to get nobody else to to vet sick. I mean, I think that's prideful. And he's going to reschedule his visit. He's going to come down here. Now, I admit he's a top priority. We need to get him. But, Rashawn, do yourself a favor. Do your little wake-up 502 show you do. Hey, I, I pulled your show for you, Rashawn. Do your little 502 show. Fantasize about what you wish you can do because we all know you can't coach a lick. Let's just be honest about it. And let's just you fantasize about what you want to do. You sit back and you relax and let him do it because the pain train will keep rolling and it's going to get us back in the right direction. It's going to take us two to three years probably to get where we need to go, but it's coming. So once again, shut up. Mind, do your reporting and take your little side shots like you like to do with everybody else around the, with the local media and have a great day. Now that I got that out of my system, I'm okay with fans voicing their opinion on things, but I tweeted this last night. Pull up my Twitter account. Where is it at? Where is it at? Man, I tweeted a lot last night. Shit. Oh, here it is. I just love how little fans, in quotation marks, basically selling their ass for the whole exhibition game. Those players need y'all. Sometimes it helps we are better than this. And people were saying, you, uh, the product in the court, watch for cheer for this, and all sorts of shit. And then I shared a GIF that uh, uh, dude at Divine Cabbage Tube, Amir said, so sad, can't even call yourselves Call themselves fans, they can't go through the dark times. With their favorite team, they only show up for things look great. That's what I was getting at, guys. That's what I was saying. And once again, and once again, once again, y'all missed the fucking point. Pardon my language, man. And, then I, and there's a guy named OK Boomer. He he tweeted this, and I retweeted, and I agreed. Can't believe people are acting like it's in the world for Leo Bell to lose today. I also think people act like it's absolutely no big or off base. Not sure how the result can startle you. It's like I trust him, but I'm also a little surprised. I'm a surprise, too. You think I was happy about it? Like, Kenny Payne lost 70% of his scoring off a team that won 13 fucking games last year. I was like, it takes time, man. It takes time. Like, and he's got, got and now he's got guys' positions. But guys got to play, man. Guys got to fight. I mean, Sidney Curry's got to get back there and post harder, and he's got to make himself available. There's certain things they got to do, and they need a wake-up call. Like, And I'm going to play the press conference for McKinney. I might, I might play the whole 13 minutes, but I might not. Look, man, I want results. I want to win. Because I'll tell you right now, they'll play better. They'll get. They'll figure this shit out. Because that pra- I guarantee you practice will be held. If they have practice today, I guarantee it's hell. I guarantee it's hell. 20, 25 games they will win. They will make the NCAA tournament. If not, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Hell, I'll admit I'm wrong. But I got a damn good feeling about these guys. Support them. The fact that, and then you got this dumbass. I'm going to call this other guy out on Twitter because I'm just calling folks out today. LL's tweeted today. Tweeted today, man. Because look, man, Jesus. LL's tweeted today. 
have faith in God's plan. You know? Yeah, absolutely. My man D died on there. You got a big dog. Learn from it. You a leader. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Y'all got this on me. I still believe. Hashtag L's up. Joe Thomas, he's always he's always got you covered. True little fans will always have your back. Diversity bros grow. Keep going. At me or the same guy I was talking about earlier. Some of you guys, some of you as fans got you back. Yo, keep grinding. We ain't leaving no matter what. Another guy, West Powell. Learn, get better, move on. Go cards. King one. Play smart, aggressive. L, you got this. Cardinals got you back. Brandon Chase, keep grinding, big dog. We got y'all's back. L, L. Another guy, Karen Evans. Keep cheering. Keep we'll keep cheering for you guys. Y'all got this. We have faith in you guys. Another guy, Sir Thomas Willie, with the with a gif of L walking to the uh walking to the stadium. Or oh, no, that's Trey Lewis, actually. That's Trey Lewis wearing that number. Okay, a little, or no mango and other guys. How was the Habat? Oh man, you fucking asshole. And then here's this fucking asshole. This there's a this is why I can't say how can you call yourself a little fan if you're making a stand account? There's this guy on on, on Twitter, and I'm calling him out. He'll probably hear this because I'm going to post this podcast feed on my Twitter when it drops. Kenny and Nolan are frauds. Hi, buddy. Not a fan of you at all, and I don't like you at all. Man, you are trash. This game was yesterday. It was the biggest embarrassment to our program. We had a book written about us buying hookers. Really? 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 So that was embarrassing, huh? That was so bad you had to call those kids out. You had to call those guys out, Larry. That's that's what you're made of. How tough are you? You know, if I saw if some people like that just deserve, deserve, deserve to be made fun of. He's probably one of those guys that you know, he he I've I've gotten into with this idiot too before about I spent money on my season tickets. Well, I don't give a shit what you spent money on, bub. I don't give a shit what you spent money on. If you got a problem with it, you know, there's many schools around Louisville you can root for. Hell, you can go from Road Dirt to Lexington, Kentucky and root for them if you want. You can go to Western. You can go to Eastern. Go to Morehead State. Hell, Cincinnati's not that far from them. Indiana's not that far from them. Purdue's a little bit of a haze away from Louisville, but you can be root for them. You can go somewhere else because I ain't switching sides. I ain't, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't in my blood. I was raised different. We've been through a lot, but that's uncalled for. That's what it all was. I also tweeted this back to a guy that was, you know, the fans get blamed when football and basketball teams don't do well, which is not what I was saying. I was saying it's also on a fan base to support them at their lowest where they would at just their highest. That's all I was saying. We've got to be there to support them. Well, the Yum Center costs too much money. Blah, 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 blah. Look, dude, you knew, y'all should have known this when they built that damn thing back in 20, when they started making groundwork on that damn thing. You knew the tickets prices were going to be different than they were at Freedom Mile. Plain and simple. But y'all didn't care about them prices when they were winning, when, you know, when they were winning 25, 30 games a year and going to the regional final, going to the final four and, you know, whatever. Y'all didn't care then, did you? Nah, that's right, because your true colors being shown. That's the, that's the problem. Y'all want to jump on that bandwagon back in 2012 when the momentum started changing and then y'all fell off about 2017, 2018. That's what happened. Just calling y'all out more. I've been a little fan since, I, since, the, fifth, since the fourth or fifth grade when I, watched, when I watched Cisco and those guys go to the Final Four. That was the first time I really started falling in love with sports. Been a fan since then. And I'll be a fan to the day I'm put in the ground. 
They can be, they can go forty and zero. They can go zero and four. They can win every game by thirty points. They can lose every game by thirty points. I'll still take days off work like I do and watch them. I'll still watch them the day I die, and that's the way I was raised. Hashtag five zero two till I die. And that's your problem. Some of y'all ain't never dealt with a verse in your life, and you can't deal with it. That's the fucking problem. I'm a Louisville fan, man. I'm not happy about it yesterday at all, but you know what I know? I believe that this guy's going to turn it around. If they can't turn it around, you know, we'll go in another direction. But I feel like we're going to be okay, guys. And then my boy, and also I want to publicly announce Nick Coffey. I've been an asshole to him on Twitter. I apologize. Deep from the bottom of my heart, man, I apologize. I forgot that you you had a, a death in your family, and um, I apologize. You know, you've been through and going some shit. And I deeply apologize for that. I, I forgot about that when I was I called you out for being on Louisville Radio, that we should have better people on the radio, and that was just right after you had a death in your family. Man, I apologize from deep from mine. I don't agree with everything you say, but I will admit you are funny and witty with some of the things you say, and I do deeply apologize. To my boy Jeremy uh, from Jeremy from from Car- uh, from uh, <coughs> Church Zone, I believe. Bless fifty five, one of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow. PSA, if you want to be a miserable about everything Louisville sports related that don't go your way, then that's your opinion and right. I don't follow that train of thought and don't want to be engaged in negativity. That's my option. Don't mean to be cool. Don't does don't mean we can't be cool in just different styles. And what he's saying is you can be that way. But if you want to sit there and jump on them for being positive and trying to be a positive light about this and not be well, we need to do these guys. Are gym, these guys are first off? I saw the term gym rat get brought up in a lot of Twitter feed. These guys aren't gym rats. What the fuck are you? And the most people, the people are probably saying that are probably out of weight, out of shape, and can't run a damn sprint right now. Shut up. What do you know about a gym rat life? Obviously, you don't because you ain't playing for them or never did play for them. When I see former players saying things about the university, that's when I take notice. Because those guys play for this. They broke the ground for this. What did you break the ground for? I bought a ticket once. Okay, congratulations. You want a cookie? I bought plenty of tickets. I'm going to buy even more. To the Louisville fans, and some of these fans jumped on the wagon when Patino got here. They ain't crumb fans. There are different types of fans. There are Patino fans that have been, that came along with the, to the program at that time. And then there are the fans of the crumb and the era that started. And I got hooked on by a guy that was a crumb guy. That's my dad. For Atlanta, a Louisville fan for 40 years. He'll be 50 years. I think he actually, yeah, he'll be 45 or 46. Dad, you're going to hear this. Answer that question for me. I'll, I'll make the announcement next week on the podcast. And, hell, the football, the guy that got we get season tickets from, who helps us out, the guy I work with, he's, I think he's, I think he's 40 years as well into this. We're going to be fine, man. We're going to be just fine. And another thing, I'll make this real clear. The stay in Louisville counts have got to stop. That's not good for a program. And let me be honest with you, recruits see that shit in this new day and age where things are a little bit more, a little bit more softer about things. Can't do that shit. Can't do that. That puts kids away. And if you idiots can't realize that, whatever. I'm sure some of y'all are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like talking a whole bunch of bullshit about me and run your mouth. I don't give a damn. I ain't scared of y'all. What are you going to say to hurt my feelings? I don't give a shit. I called a guy a clueless dipshit last night on Twitter and I'll call another one a clueless dipshit. I don't care. I'm going to say, 
But here's Coach Payne's press conference, y'all. That's what we're talking. Coach, before you ask your question, first of all, let me say that uh, another team, Everett's team, did a hell of a job. They moved them on. They played well together. They got veteran players. They were doing the things that I want my team to do, that I want these guys to do. They all moved multiple sides of the court more than twice. At times, most of the game was three or four times. So that means the ball started on one side, got to the other side, got to that side, got to that side, before somebody shot it. They penetrated and they created offense. First half, they missed wide open shots, and they had three or four shots under the basket. We didn't rotate wide open. So they are a well coached team, and hats off to them. The last part of that, <coughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. We needed this. We needed this woman. We needed this loss. Because there is something that happened to this program before I got here that hadn't been healed yet. And I'm trying to get them to get out of it, to fight through it, to get better. Not as a team, but as individuals first. And then we can talk about being on the team. Until you overcome your own obstacles, you can't worry about a team. You can't worry about an opponent. It's the lesson of life. If I'm depressed, how am I going to worry about the guys I'm in the battlefield with? Amen. I'm depressed. If I'm hurting, if I don't have confidence, how can I worry about anybody else other than me? That's what we're fighting through. And we learned a valuable lesson. Now if you got questions, Uh, Coach, I know that you preached, uh, you know, paint touches and getting the ball on the interior. Um, you, you did get outscored in the paint 24-14. What was the biggest difficulty with getting the ball into lane, getting some more looks down there? So, um, there were two possessions the whole game where the ball got into the paint more than once. Two. YouTube, can y'all can y'all really pay a couple like does this ugh uh, that was a skip ad. Back to the press conference, y'all. I don't know another way to say it. From the day I walked in here, I've been saying multiple running touches, multiple passes. So the ball goes pass, 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 drive it, pass it out, drive it again, then we see what we got. I've been preaching it. But what happens when you're tentative? What happens when you're apprehensive? What happens when you're fearful of failure? You're afraid to drive the ball. And then when you do drive it and they collapse, which we want the defense to do, you got to be strong enough mentally and physically to make a pass to a teammate. We had 16 turnovers. We got the ball to the lane multiple times, twice. That's unbelievable. Hopefully that answers your question. Coach, you had uh, zero fast break points. What can you do to kind of try to improve that moving forward? Again, I want to play fast. Uh, I talk to the team about it. Why do I take you to the track once a week? So that you learn to run. Why do I talk about when the rebound is happening? Dale, Fabio, Percy. You're looping up the court to catch the ball moving up the court so that we can get in transition faster. 
some, everything went out the window. They got their muscles. They felt good about what they were doing. And they put us on our That's a problem. Like, you have to be confident and know what a game plan is and know why we're doing it. We want to get out and, and run. We do. I'm not telling anybody to walk the ball with the court. I know what that means. You look at that and you see zero fast point, fast break points, and you see 47 points in that game. And I think we played that court offense. That means we were stagnant. There's no coach, no team, nowhere that can win games with zero fast break points. Any defensively, what did you think about what you guys did on the ball and then also just away from it, your rotations, your communication? I thought position-wise we were okay at best, just okay. Uh, I thought our communication was really bad. Uh, there were times where we could have easily switched, kept the ball in front, and decided not to switch. Uh, my game plan is to make teams feel for tough twos. Tough two is the ball is in front of me. You're not getting threes off penetration. You're starting off the, off the line and getting to three more shooters. You're going to be a shooting a three that's going to be contested, or we're going to contest it at the rim. Well, you saw that we did not fight to keep the ball in front of us. They get layups, which means we have to sort of collapse, which moves down, they get threes. We get we didn't resist them from doing anything they wanted to do. Okay. You know, uh, had a tough game, didn't score, then gets up the final four minutes of the game. He's usually much more productive than that. What, what do you think happened with him? I thought Al started the game, and you saw it early. Um, he had six of our seven assists. Really started the game well. But there was a point in the second half where one of the fouls, the two fouls, probably slowed him down mentally. Then there was a point in the second half where he was like, I got to screw the second he went that route, his success rate would go down, and you can see it. When you're playing this game and you're trying to score, it's not going to work. When you play this game and you're trying to understand the concepts of what you're trying to do offensively, and you let the offense come to you, it looks natural. You can't drive the ball, take four or five dribbles and try to do that. The defense is going to collapse, especially a team like that, it was collapsing as well, coach. So hopefully, we know that he's way better than that, right? We do know that. Hopefully, we in this room and we in this community know that Dale Ellis is a very good basketball player. He has to go out and understand the magnitude of what his position and what it means to this team. Not just in scoring, but in other areas and how he approaches the game. Coach, you mentioned that L did have six of the seven assists uh, for the team today. As far as the other ball handlers, it seemed like the other guys had trouble uh, initiating or facilitating the offense, getting the ball into the lane. But what did you think about the other perimeter guys? I thought they were tentative. I thought when the ball was on the opposite side of the court, I'm teaching, you're teaching, the ball moves, 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 and it hits your hand, you see it before, and you attack the gaps. What I saw was ball move, we just ball watch. The ball goes here, we ball watch. The ball hits the player's hand. Now he's looking to see where do I drive. 
you know where you're driving long before that ball hits your hand. You know the gaps and where they're going to be before it hits your hand. You know that when you do attack the lane, you attack it with force, they're going to collapse. I have to be strong enough to know i got to make passes now. I can't force it. Which leads to, we were tentative, 16 turnovers. What was your message to them after the game? We needed this. We got to get healed. We got to not be delusional as who we are. We have to know that every player that has a jersey on, whether it's practice, whether it's a workout, whether it's a game, you got to bring your best. You got to fight for your life, not just for you, but for everybody else in the room. We're not the most talented team in the world. We're not. We just made that evident by moving to a division two. What a great blessing. I wish it didn't happen. But I sort of needed it to happen because at the end of the day, I'm going to say this, I'm trying to establish a culture. And that culture is going to have some adversity in it. How do you handle it? Right out the gate, we're going to see who we are. We're going to see you just lost to a team that you should never have lost to. They're a good team, very good team, but you should not have lost to them. How are you going to handle that adversity? How? That's what I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Kenny, you mentioned how the, the players will react to it. How do you think the fans will react to that? I mean, it's been a rough stretch the program for this to start this way. How do you think they will react? I hope that they understand that this is um, going to be a marathon, not a sprint. I say it all the time, and everybody laughs when I say it. Danny Manning came out in the white games, Noah Smith, we're not shooting any balls. We're not. On paper, you look at that staff and you're like, oh my goodness, they're going to win every game. They're not playing. They're not playing. These guys are playing. So, my point to that is that at the end of the day, we're trying to teach them winning basketball or winning coaching. These, these fans here are great fans. Of course, there are going to be some people that jump off. I'm watching. I am too. I am too. Um, but walk. the true fans, the real Louisville fans, will <coughs> be with us with big and big. And I know that coming in, so I'm not I'm not worried about that. Okay. And you went pretty big at the start, uh, Brandon and Jalen both on the floor together. What made you want to go that way and, and what did you think about when you saw it? Initially I liked it. Um I like the fact that, that we got the ball in the lane a couple times. Dale did a great job. Mike James made a couple threes. Jalen showed what he's capable of. He's in, in rhythm and playing well. Um, I need more from Brandon. I need more from Steve. Uh, but I like that lineup. Um, the way I'm looking at this is I have nine or ten guys that hold the start. Um, I'm not obligated to anything or anybody or any lineup. I just want to win, and I want to have continuity on the court. I want guys, what's the best group that plays well together? That's what I'm going to Coach, what was your thoughts on your freshman and young guys' performance first time in front of fans against another team? Um, it's hard to say until we look at the film, but I think when we subbed the first time, we saw a moment. 
So you saw the aggressors Louisville initially, and at the four or five minute mark of playing, we sub. And I want to give everybody an opportunity to play so I can evaluate everybody. Then you saw a lack of effort, a lack of defense, a lack of togetherness, a lack of momentum switching to the other team. And then they got confidence. And then from that point on, we were on our heels. So I believe in Kamari Lance. I believe in Devin Reed. I believe in all of these guys. They have to go out and prove. Just because I believe in them doesn't mean you don't succeed. I'm here to support you, love you, coach you, mentor you, teach you what winning basketball is. You got to go out and perform. You got to go out and play. I tell every player on the Huddle stand, I don't care if you miss every shot. Just miss it with confidence. I don't care if you turn the ball over. Do it confidently. I don't care if you miss a rebound. It's going to happen. Play with confidence. Believe in what you're doing. Play with energy. And I'm good. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. So, did y'all understand every bit of that? Because I did. We're going to be fine, y'all. Sit back, grab a glass of wine, because we will be fine. Plain and simple. And like you said, if y'all want to jump off the train, jump off, but you ain't going to be allowed back on. But if we do, I'll tell you what, no, we'll let y'all back on the train, but we just going to let you remember it. Remember when you jumped on a train when we were this and that and blah, 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 blah? Because I'll be having, I got receipts. I got my receipts and my notes on Twitter. I got about a list of 20 people I'll be calling out. So it is what it is. But until next time, you've listened to a conversation with Shelby Green. I appreciate y'all listening to it. And just remember, y'all, I don't bullshit. I tell it like it is, straight up.